Have you ever been so desperate on a road trip that you grabbed one of those hard, chalky protein bars at a gas station, and as soon as you put it in your mouth, you regretted your decision? Listen, my friends, I found an amazing bar that I want to share with you. It's called Keto Crisp. It's got a crave-worthy taste, and it's packed with some great ingredients like MCT oil, collagen, and it's naturally sweetened with stevia. This is the reason it is the number one selling bar on Amazon right now. So check them out at tastecando.com or just click the link in the show notes. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Derek Hansen. Derek is an international sports performance consultant and educator. He's worked for over 30 years as a sprint coach and physical preparation specialist, and he's been consulting with professional teams in the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and Major League Soccer. He's also worked with collegiate athletic programs for over 20 years. Derek specializes in speed development, strategic performance planning, return to play protocols, and electrical stimulation technologies. This is the third episode in a three-part series where Derek is breaking down the fundamentals of speed development. So if you missed the first two episodes, go back and listen to them as they set the stage for this discussion. Today, Derek details how to use intermittent tempo training to improve general aerobic fitness. We also discuss how this methodology impacts long-term athlete development, reduces orthopedic trauma, and improves body composition. Again, this is a highly tactical episode. One more thing, Derek is hooking up our listeners with a special $75 discount for his Summer Speed Master Camp. If you've ever wanted to improve your speed or help your kids enhance their speed in a safe way, this is a great way to get started. I put a link in the show notes with the promo code. So now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Derek, the past two episodes, we've talked about like the speed training and you touched on part of developing speed. You have high, low, and then this kind of moderate intensity work, but the low work, which has a more of kind of an aerobic component to it really helps feed some of these other things. Can you talk about that aerobic development, why it doesn't actually make you slower and like how, what is tempo training? Yeah. And and I think we talked about it in the previous session here is that we're trying to have a balance. We're having a balance between the high intensity, you know, which is about 30, 35% and the low intensity, which supports everything. It's your foundation of fitness. And even nowadays, I find that kids don't have that same foundation of fitness because of all the specialization. So that's something that's very important in whether it's, you know, just general cardiac health and development and circulation and all those things. I, and then it, you know, feeds things like sleep in terms of having a restful sleep and the mental health piece too. If you're not getting that circulation to the brain, who knows if that creates, you know, some sort of early onset dementia risk. So I'm always thinking about those things, but, but definitely we are built to be, I did all the research of why, what did we do when we were in sort of prehistoric age? You know, we ran, we weren't the fastest, like there, you know, all you have to do is watch Jurassic Park, you know, it doesn't go well when we try to outrun a dinosaur, right? <laughs> Not that we were around with the dinosaurs, but we would follow the woolly mammoth and it wait till it tired out, you know, Chuck Spears at it and stuff like that. So we would 
you know, we were kind of long distance runners to some degree, but it wasn't this long distance sort of Phidippides like marathon thing in ancient Greece. It was sort of interval training, like let's chase the woolly mammoth. Okay. Throw some spears. Okay. He took off again. Let's chase him again. And I think that's kind of more what we gravitate towards, even though people like running the marathons and the triathlons and the ultras, when people tell me they do ultras, I'm like, you're nuts, right? That's a whole other level of pain and torture. Yeah, there's something I going willingly on. Subject myself to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but certainly for the athletes, we get them to do something aerobic. So low intensity, and it tends to be more intermittent or interval training because it just works better and it's more akin to what actually happens in their sport. It's alternating bouts of of exercise. And so I will get people to run, as you know, we do, we call it tempo runs where you run maybe a hundred meters and you walk 50 meters across the field, a hundred meters, and you just go around and around. You do them in groups of four or five, you take a break, you might do some push-ups or something, but it's continuous kind of a circuit that you do. And you, you choose a soft surface, like a grass field so that you don't have all that impact stress. Once in a while, it's okay to do a longer, long, steady run. I'm not saying that it has to be excessive. It could be 20, 25, 30 minutes. I know some people go longer. They're very good at that. I'm not. If I go for a 25 minute run, it feels like agony. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I could be doing something else. And my heart rate might jump up to, you know, 160, 170, probably because I'm trying to push too hard. But what you're trying to do is your wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm trying not to look. And then people, the neighbors will make fun of me. Ah, oh, she's kicking your butt again. Right. Like, oh, great. So we're not doing that anymore, but we will go run intervals. We'll do interval hills and I will keep track of my heart rate, but it's kind of staying in that 130 to 145 beats per minute zone. Um, and it just goes up and down and up and down. And, you know, my resting rate is probably like 54, you know, so when I go, you know, I have to go get my physical and they'll say, wow, you're your resting heart rate's kind of low. It's like, no, no, it's just that everybody else is out of shape, right? So they've kind of skewed the lines. But I think it's very important to get into that habit of doing something low intensity. I use a stationary bike. I do intervals. We have an in, we have one of those curved treadmills. We'll do intervals on that during the now, winter. Now, when you say intervals, most people think high intensity interval no, training. No, What are no. you talking about? I'm talking about a nice, you know, I might go 30 seconds to 60 seconds where I'm just holding a nice even stride. And like I said, my heart rate's not going really above, you know, 140, you know, and at my age, what is that? That's like, you know, it's not even 80%, 75%. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's going, but it's not, I'm not getting lactic acid and I'm not feel like I'm breaking down. You want it to be nice and relaxed. And I think most of the studies, as you know, have shown that Staying in those lower zones, you're going to get a better aerobic adaptation and you're going to improve. Whereas some people want to go out there and just push it. And then they're just breaking themselves down. Their bodies become more catabolic and uh, they'll, it'll lead to injury, right? Whether it's a, a stress fracture, because I was doing those long runs, Eric, I, my knee was starting to bug me. I think I irritated the meniscus and at our age, mm-hmm. when things are getting a little less flexible, you got to be careful with that. So all of my friends who are long distance runners, all of them have had soft tissue meniscus injuries because I think their body can't handle it anymore. The volume that they did when they were younger they're just not equipped to handle that. So you have to be careful with the overall volumes. I know people like doing these long runs and training for marathons, but you don't want to be grinding away the knees or the hips and find out when you're 60 or 65, you got to have a joint replacement because I've seen a lot of those too. So there's ways to get that aerobic work in without beating yourself down. 
If you're someone that's pushing to be your best at work, at home, or in your personal life, then I invite you to sign up for my weekly newsletter, Adaptation. In this newsletter, I curate actionable information and resources for high performers just like you. You can sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes or going to www.ericcorum.com. Now, back to the show. When I was in college or pro sports, you know, you have these nice facilities. So I would do like, like you said, on a bike or I would push a, a light sled and some like med ball work, you know, rotations or chops or bends or moves and like, just keep my heart rate in kind of like this one thir- 120 to 140 range. And it was just this intermittent work. But now I think people don't, you know, there's a lot of physiological adaptations, not just central with your heart, but also peripheral. You're getting improved vasculature. Yep mitochondrial density or more of these mitochondria capillary density. And so now you're able to clear these metabolic waste products and it it speeds recovery. It helps everybody's like really high on HRV. Well, if you want to improve heart rate variability, one of the best ways to do it is through aerobic exercise. How would you dose this with your speed training? Yeah. Don't forget about fat burning and body composition. Oh yeah. You know, all that, all that, which seems to be the big thing, right? Who cares about your health? I want to look good. With your speed training, again, I'm doing that on alternate days. So if I'm running 60 meter repeats with good breaks on my speed days, we're probably doing 100 or 200 meter intervals where, like I said, we run it at about 70%, 65, 70%. We go an ICZ run then we walk or we'll do, you know, sometimes we do push-ups or something like that for recovery. And then we do another one and we may do, you know, about 2000 meters to 2000 yards or 2000 meters of work in one session. So that could be 20 times 100 or 10 times 200. Right. And, you know, sometimes we throw a hill or an incline in there too, makes it a little tougher, but we're doing that two, probably two to three times a week, you know, trying to balance off what we're doing on the, the speed side. Yeah, because I I think when we talk about this high-low concept, it just seems like when every day is a grind, there's no recovery. And eventually, like if you were to look at the week, let's say you were really fresh on Monday, by the time you get up to Friday, you are just, you're dead. You are completely dead. Yeah. And um, we actually found that, you know, some people do like these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday recovery, Thursday, Friday. Like with college athletes, we found that like our best workout was on a Wednesday. And uh, so we would go... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. So Monday was like a low intensity. I shouldn't say low intensity. It was a low volume, higher intensity day. Tuesday was more like that tempo recovery day. And then Wednesday, everything was clicking. And then Thursday was a recovery day. And they come back Friday and have a great Friday, depending on what they did Thursday night. But uh, that was kind of like the primary workout of the week where we could get some wonderful work done. And so those days... They're also just good for your brain just to kind of chill. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that balance of everything of, yes, you want to keep things moving and going, but if you don't insert those breaks, you're going to, you know, plateau and, and people aren't going to have fun. You'll just see it in their eyes, right? They just don't want to be there because it's just grinding them down. And I think if you're a coach or a parent and you see that in a child uh, or a kid, give them a couple of days off, right? It's it's so easy. Like even my daughter, like she's very, she's kind of a pleaser, except for me. She doesn't listen to me, but any other coach, regardless of how ridiculous they are, she's like, oh, I got to show up for 6 a.m. practice and I got to go to this. And I'm like, you should take a day off. Like you're just grinding yourself down. So I think as a parent, sometimes you have to, to see that. Well, Derek, I really appreciate your wisdom on this and definitely go check out the show notes. We'll put how to follow them on Instagram. You always put some fun stuff on Instagram. I try. Uh, I try. 
And then uh, we'll put his websites on there. But Derek, I really appreciate you joining us this week. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And hopefully people get something out of this. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll see me running. And I I know when I run, it feels like I'm going really fast. And then I see the video, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I look like a 53-year-old trying to sprint. So, Well, I wouldn't say that. I think you probably look like a 38-year-old trying to sprint. So keep Maybe 45. Yeah, we'll see. Depends on the day. Thank you for joining us this week for this special three-part series on developing speed with our friend Derek Hansen. I have a request of you. If the blueprint has served you in a meaningful way, would you please consider leaving us a comment and review in the Apple Podcast app as this helps us reach more people with the message of the blueprint. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.